podcast hello hey i'm matthew and tonight my co-host kara is not here but we have kelly hello and rashad from blood and firewater hi i am so here for this so uh, a couple of shout outs because kara was adamant that I, I get through these she texted me like eight times we got a shout out the paranormal burrito who Yay. was we did our first guest spot on. He's the nicest guy in the world. And he also helped us find Jonathan Mann, who made our theme song. And then Paige from Reverie True Crime Podcast. Reverie? Who created the group for all of us to, I guess, reach out and connect with each other. And that's how we met Rashad and... <laughs> Coincidentally, um, we live down the street. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's our neighbor, and he's actually here in our house right the, now. <laughs> the strangest thing ever. We live in the same neighborhood. So, Rashad, if you want to talk a little bit about your podcast, go okay. ahead. So, my podcast is about true crime. Uh, we drink tequila and chase it with a case of true crime. Um, we cover cases all around the, the spectrum of... True crime as far as conspiracies, uh, solved cases, unsolved cases, um, and the ones that just keep you up at night. So, you know, tune in for those. We also have uh, a lot of skits that are coming up pretty soon, but like not as soon as you might think. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, we, they are coming, though. So, like, stay tuned for those. Um, you can follow us on our social medias, which are Twitter at BFW Pod Squad, uh, Instagram at Blood and Fire Water Podcast, and we have a Tumblr at Blood and Fire Water Podcast. I refuse Facebook with all my might. <laughs> so, there's that. I'm pretty drunk right now, so when you said BFW Pod Squad, I had to think about what BFW stood for. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about what Tumblr is. Isn't that dirty? No. Tumblr, no, not Tumblr's anymore. Not dirty. <laughs> Tumblr's not dirty anymore. <laughs> so, um, I've listened to your podcast maybe three or four episodes this week on my drive to work. It's really great. I enjoy it. And well, thank I, you. I, I appreciate it. I implore that. everybody else to go listen because I think you'll have a good time. Listen to Hello Kitty. That shit is twisted. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I did not know um, that story beforehand, and I am so happy that Rashad introduced me to that story. So, yes. this episode will be about weather conspiracies. Yes. And what are we drinking? Oh, we are drinking Purple Rain. And let me see if I can remember how I made this it's shit. It's got a whole bunch of booze it, in there's it. A, there's a whole lot of shit in here. So... These are designed to be made by the pitcher. I have 300 mils of vodka. I have 300 mils of Hendrix gin. I have 200 mils of 
blue curacao, <clears throat> 200 mils of lemon juice, 200 mils of lime juice, 500 mils of grenadine, and 800 mils of club soda. And that is a pitcher of purple rain. It's, it's nasty as fuck, but the more you the drink it, the first one is nasty it. as fuck. Like, it, it's super sweet. Like, way sweeter than you would think, you know, based on the ingredients that I just listed. But, there's a shit ton of alcohol in it, so <laughs> we're all pretty drunk right now. Alright, so I will let you discuss your topic first. Me? Yeah, go ahead. Yay! Okay. I am doing chemtrails for our weather conspiracy. And chemtrails are a conspiracy theory that long-lasting condensation trails are chemtrails consisting of chemical or biological agents left in the sky by aircraft. And these are sprayed for malevolent or nefarious purposes by the government. And these conspiracies began to pop up in the late 1990s after the U.S. Air Force published a report on weather modification. So I was looking at this and I didn't realize that this was such a new conspiracy. Like, for it to be the 90s, that's new in the conspiracy world. So that was interesting to me. But in the year 2000, the EPA the FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration, NASA and NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they published a joint response to dispel the rumors about chemtrails. They're like, that shit isn't real. However, because they have this multi-agency response from the government, that only fueled the conspiracy theory beliefs. It's like all these all these government agencies are talking about this shit. That must mean it's real. So now there's even more evidence of a government cover-up. So believers in chemtrails, they say that they can be distinguished from normal condensation trails because they last longer in the sky. If you see a plane and, you know, there's a trail behind it and the trail dissipates quickly, that's not a chemtrail, apparently. But if it lasts, that's a chemtrail. And believers say that after 1995, the condensation trails had a different chemical comp uh, composition, which caused them to last a lot longer in the sky. And they say that now planes are spraying, you know, barium and aluminum salts, even though there's no real reason to do that. And for that reason, that's causing them to stay longer in the atmosphere. Actually, what causes the condensation to stay longer in the atmosphere is humidity. In higher humidity, you know, in a wetter atmosphere, the condensation trails will last longer. So Yeah, I was thinking, like, with atmospheric pressure and things like that, you know, that could cause trails to last longer than normal. Yeah, it's all, it, it's all about the humidity so in there. It, it wouldn't always be because they sprayed some kind of chemical. Because... If a plane flew over and sprayed some kind of chemical and it just lasted in one little streak in the sky, well, what is it really doing? Because <laughs> it's one little streak in the sky. Yeah, and there's like a whole, you know, hodgepodge of things that people say are the goals of chemtrail spraying. So some people say it's for profit. They're uh, 
manipulating stock pricing or making people sick on purpose to to benefit drug companies that's a big one you know big, big pharma, pharma. <laughs> big yeah. pharma um another thing is population control you know they're spraying yeah. stuff that makes people infertile um weapons <laughs> testing um use of weather as a weapon or testing bioweapons yeah um, i've heard of a lot of theories about weaponizing weather mm -hmm. especially in the vietnam era where the u.s government and this is not a conspiracy they really did like seed clouds and things like that to cause the monsoon season to last longer to flood out certain areas so that enemy troops couldn't i, I guess couldn't access those areas this one actually ties into yours matt um Clouds are being seeded with electrically conductive materials as part of a massive electromagnetic superweapons program based around the high-frequency active auroral uh, <laughs> research program, or HARP, which yeah. is Matt's topic that you'll be hearing about shortly. Conspiracy theorists that believe in chemtrails describe their awakening to the reality of chemtrails as a religious experience. They're like, we become woke to the reality of chemtrails, you know, it changes their whole lives. Um, they're active, they attend events and conferences, they're like the flat earthers. Like, so chemtrails are a really, a really big thing. I don't, I don't know why you always have to go to the flat earthers like that. Because the flat earthers are fucking funny. <laughs> the flat earthers make me laugh. And I, I am so amused by that. There's flat earthers around the globe. Yes. Well, there are also chemtrail people around the globe. And they are also just as active, apparently, as the flat earthers. In 2001, U.S. Congressman Dennis Kucinich introduced the Space Preservation Act of 2001, which would have prohibited the basing of weapons in space. Chemtrails were listed among a number of exotic exotic weapons that would be banned. So, <laughs> this is a U.S. bill that actually acknowledges chemtrails and says, we did can't it, do this shit in did space. Did it go through and get passed? Though. Hell no, it didn't. I'm about to no, of course it didn't. No. Um, this bill died in committee, but then he tried to pass it three more times in slightly varied versions, and they all died in committee. Yeah, nobody was buying that shit yeah. at all. <laughs> that brings me to Bill Gates because every single conspiracy has to have a Bill Gates tie-in and this one actually does, which makes me super amused and super happy to be talking about this. Um, I actually love Bill Gates, but he does have a tie-in here and that is that he has been funding various geoengineering per, uh, programs since 2007. And geoengineering has to do with um, climate engineering, you know, trying to alter the weather in order usually to combat climate change, uh, global warming. And there is a specific chemtrail tie-in to Bill Gates that I'm going to talk about for a minute. And he has been funding a solar engineering project through Harvard. Uh, in which the eventual goal is to use a large number of planes to distribute a particulate cloud which would mimic the effects of a volcanic eruption. 
because what a volcanic eruption does is it blankets the stratosphere with sulfur dioxide. And what they found in large volcanic eruption cases is that this blanketing with sulfur dioxide will cool the earth about a half a degree for about a year. And that a big volcanic eruption will release like 20 million tons of this sulfur dioxide, which will just create this kind of film layer that just gives a little bit more barrier for the sun's rays to penetrate through and makes the earth just a little bit cooler for a period of time. So that is kind of thought of as a way to combat global warming in that if they could release a similar blanket, then they might be able to cool the earth, you know, half I, a degree I to I feel it. like that would have more of an adverse effect. Because when a volcano erupts mm -hmm. and it, you know, all the smoke gets out into the atmosphere, it blocks the, the rays of the sun, UV light and all that, but it's sudden. Yes. Because suddenly there's this big cloud there. So maybe the cooling of the earth on such a sudden scale, you know, it's not the earth cooled one degree average over a year. It's the earth cooled one degree on average overnight. Maybe that would be a negative thing. Yeah. Well, and there are a lot of naysayers here that say this is fucked up and that we shouldn't do it. And um, they're not at the stage where they're going to be, you know, deploying planes yet. What they're doing right now is deploying balloons. And that's what Harvard's doing. Small balloons. And they're using not sulfur dioxide, but calcium carbonate, which is harmless. And just kind of seeing what happens, you know, if they deploy balloons and release some calcium carbonate. Yeah. But still, I don't know how that, how you extend that into a larger situation. Like, you know, it's okay to do this, so it must be okay to do this with a thousand planes and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how you get there. I think... I'm not a Harvard scientist. So. I think you would just be taking a wild shot in the dark, though, hoping that something like that would work. Because you can't... I, I guess it would be really hard to predict the results of an experiment like that. And you can't reproduce that experiment on a small scale. Right. To analyze Yeah, that, yeah the that's result. what I'm saying. Taking it, the balloon either, results to extrapolate well, it, out... But it's either go big or go home, but once you go big, what if you did it wrong? Right. I feel like that's really risky. Yeah. Once again, this has a Bill Gates tie-in. Yeah, so that everything has Bill there's Gates. There's, like, huge backlash on this. You know, YouTubers everywhere. It's like, yeah. oh my god, chemtrails are real now, you know? and Nobody really cares about YouTubers, though. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely true that government agencies, and even private corporations spray chemicals out of planes. That's the thing. Cloud seeding has been a Have thing Have you seen forever. those things, though? What, chemtrails? Like, yeah. Like, when you, like you go outside, like, on a regular Monday or Tuesday, and you, like, you see a plane just, like, skeeting some stuff <laughs> out, out the bottom of it, whatever. And you're like, that's cool. But, like, 
in reality though like do you process that like like hey what is what is coming out the ass of this plane <laughs> i think for most people including myself you don't really pay attention to it right like whatever it's just the trail behind the plane sure but <laughs> like <laughs> no no no, pu- no pun intended <laughs> but like I, like, because I thought about it so many times. I'm like, what are these planes leaving behind in the air? And what does that have to do with what I'm breathing in? I mean, could it just be the exhaust? The no. Plane? You don't think so? No. Because all exhaust is what comes out of all of our cars. And it doesn't leave stuff in the air. Like planes do. But think the pressure... The air pressure on the surface is a lot different than the air pressure in the sky. It's condensation. Yeah. They're condensation trails. And the reason why some of them last longer is because of the humidity in the air. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think about, if you go with the condensation theory... No, it's not a theory, that's what it is! No, it's <laughs> definitely a theory. No, that's what it is! It definitely is a theory. Because it could just be chemicals. <laughs> but if you go with the condensation theory, think about... And I, you shouldn't be arguing with me because I'm arguing for that case right now. Okay. If you think about, you know, it generally colder the higher in mm-hmm. elevation you go. That's why, you know, tops of mountains, snow and all that crap. But also how hot plane engines and jet engines are. Yes, when they get up in those cold elevations and they run into the humidity and the moisture in the air, what's going to happen to that? That's exactly right. Because yeah. that's basically what clouds are. Hot and cold air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the planes are hot, the air is cold, you get con- So they're, they're essentially just making clouds behind the planes. Yeah, and it's so funny because I, I didn't realize that it was the length of time. That made the conspiracy. Yeah, that's what everybody goes on. Like, yeah, well, this I, one I, lasted I thought that for the, two the hours, conspiracy you know? was that everything behind the plane is chemicals all the time, but no. apparently that's not right. And apparently, it's only started happening since the nineties, and it's, purely, it's if they last a long time. It's, yeah, it's purely based on how long those trails stay in the sky. Yeah, I still feel like there's some sauce behind those planes. You know, well, they're just I mean, like kind of crop dusting. That's true to an extent because like I said cloud seeding has been a thing forever for a long time there are places in China they cloud seed every year which is dropping chemicals into the clouds in hopes of producing rain so that they can grow crops you know during their dry season but that doesn't mean all trails behind planes are chemicals yeah. And it doesn't mean that none of them are. Like you said, crop dusting. I mean, crop dusting is actually a thing. Yeah. That is absolutely real. But uh, crop, crop dusting is a different yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, like. it's different, but... Crop, crop dusting, you're not going up 30,000 feet spraying your chemicals. Right. You're flying directly over your crops, fertilizing, whatever. But it's the same concept. Same concept, yeah. Yeah. You're in a, in a, in a plane spraying planes shit out the back of it. Right. And, you know, like we talked about, you know... With the, the Harvard study, you know, if their balloon things go well, they're going to send some planes up and actually produce some chemtrails, and then yeah. it will no longer be a conspiracy, and then it will be a real thing, I guess. And 
because it's led by Bill, <laughs> Bill Gates, it will be like the devil. Like, I, think I was thinking I, about this earlier. Like, I, I struggle to get behind any balloon theory based on the simple fact that you can't control the direction of balloons. <laughs> well, no, they're like, um, they're controlled. They're, yeah, apparently they they're are, fancy. We have RC hot air balloons now? Yeah, apparently there's some fancy oh, yeah, ass. I mean, they're Harvard balloons, you so, know? <laughs> like, so, it's so it's basically a blimp. I, yeah. I, I, there's I, a clear I difference blimp. between a hot air balloon and blimp. It didn't say hot air. It did say balloon. It didn't say blimp. So, but it's a controlled. So, so so it's a blimp. So we have the Zeppelin again, I, all over again. Yeah. So they're gonna be releasing some chalk dust in in, in the motherfucking air, and they're <laughs> chalk dust <laughs> in the motherfucking air. And they're gonna extrapolate those results to figure out if they can create this stratospheric blanket like a um, volcanic eruption that will uh, slow global so, warming. So, essentially, uh, if I understand this right, they're trying to create a blanket of bullshit around the Earth, as in a volcano, uh, volcanic eruption, right. without actually erupting a volcano. Right. Just creating the effect of a volcanic eruption. I feel like that's some absolute bullshit. Like, <laughs> right off the top, that's some bullshit. You and I were talking about this earlier, and I'm like... You would need a lot of motherfucking planes, for one thing. Mm -hmm. And then planes create a lot of fucking CO2 emissions, which creates yeah. more global warming. But, you know, so it's like, how I much mean, harm are you doing to in, try to create some good? In that theory, you know, with the CO2 emissions and all that, I guess, hypothetically, if their research worked really good, then it would be a greater good than the amount of CO2 emissions would be bad. Even, like, being a scientist myself, I don't know how you extrapolate that, though. Like, I don't know how you say releasing this amount of chalk dust from this balloon makes it okay to send these thousand planes into the air. And, I mean, yeah. and, and I'm yeah, sure I, I don't have their whole plan, and I'm sure I yeah, don't have how, their whole how can you say, data set. But yeah. in my head, I'm like, where, how do you get there? You know? I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, how can you say the research I'm doing will be far greater on the scale of good than what I'm actually doing for the research will be on the scale of bad. So like what I'm doing will counteract any bad thing that happens along the way. Yeah. I think a lot of the idea is just built on what happens when the volcanoes erupt because that does happen and you know that blanketing does happen so they so know that that, that... that doesn't happen very often. Right, though. right. So they're trying to force it to happen because when it does happen, what they've said is that they get like a half a degree cooling. Yeah. That lasts I feel like, like a year. they should just get on the phone and call the people over at Harp and be like, hey, actually make <laughs> this volcano go off. Let's get it popping, you know. Because <laughs> I feel like the people at Harp can do that. They, they do can, a little zip zap on yeah I mean the people over at Harvard should be like okay well I'll just turn this antenna on yeah and then boom your volcano is going to erupt tomorrow at 12 you know that's got a lot to do with what I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about because like my new <laughs> my, my new like because I went through a couple yes <laughs> we talked about this like I went through climate control and then I went through the greenhouse effect and now I'm just going in on super volcanoes. Oh, 
And well, that's totally new and that's fun. Yeah. And <laughs> my new super volcano is the one that could end the earth as far as we're concerned. Like this whole conversation means nothing tomorrow if this volcano goes off today kind of thing. But I don't, I don't know when it's my turn. It, so, yeah, no, go it ahead, could go be go your go. turn right now. All right, so <laughs> it's your turn. I'll, I'll finish up with heart. Yes. All right, so according to my most recent research, um, two seconds ago, people, <laughs> the super volcano that could end the world as we know it is in Yellowstone Park, which is in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And it will literally, if this if this volcano goes off, it would literally black out the sky, and we would not see the sun for ten thousand years. What do they call that thing? The what's the name of your volcano? Uh, it just says Yellowstone volcano. Oh, what's the big water spout thing? Oh. Oh, you talking about uh, Old Yeller? Is that right? Uh, old Yeller's a dog. I mean. In my head, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it yellow. might be wrong. Oh, yellow. Yellow? Uh, I thought it was a yellow. Big Bertha. <laughs> Big Bertha. I don't, I don't know, but it's the uh, the hot. Sp- yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but now that he said old yellow, like my whole brain because, is melting. Well, the, <laughs> the reason I thought about that is because you know the thing like squirts hot water up yeah. every so often. Hot spring. And everybody says that you know that's a volcano, and it's overdue for eruption mm-hmm. by like a thousand years. Right. So it's like any day now, boom, here we go. You're talking about St. Helens. Mount St. Helens? No, no that's no. in Washington, isn't it? Fuck, no. I don't know. But isn't there a movie about that? St. Helens? Oh, I don't know. Uh, anyways, go on. Yeah. All right, <laughs> All right so there, there is a uh, eruption roughly due every 600,000 years, and it's been about 600,000 years since it last exploded. So we're we're basically past due for the end of humanity. Just so you know, I I don't, I don't I'm not trying to scare you, but it's we're we're past due to not be here anymore. NASA has basically plotted out like, hey, like we're not going to be here anymore. And I, I feel like sometimes that's why like they they take the funding out of NASA because it's like NASA's like always predicting the end of humanity so it's just like hey we're not going to be here anymore and then they they further take the money out of nasa because like nasa's also the ones that are like hey you should probably take money out of this but hey what do i know because like my aunt used to work for nasa 30 years ago and she still works for nasa now and she still tells me all the all of the crazy shit that they tell her. What's she doing for NASA? The information that they gave her isn't something that I wasn't given to me. So like I don't know what she's working on now, but from what I know, she's not allowed to tell me what she's working on anymore. That's cool as shit. And I want to meet your aunt, and then I'll be like, oh, oh well, <laughs> like, like NASA. Sh- well, sh- well, shout out to my aunt Tony because yes, like, shout out. She she's doing something great. Yes. Um We love the ladies in science and the ladies in NASA and we are all about ladies in STEM. So like apparently there's a geyser not a geyser, but a fucking volcano in Yellowstone Park. That geyser is the word I was thinking about earlier, but I'm so drunk that I <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, a, it's a geyser that's connected to the volcano that is potentially going to destroy humanity in the next couple years. Roughly every 100,000 years, there's a super volcano explosion where the world is in danger. The consequences in which are fatal to everybody. Me, you, her, this table, that curtain, <laughs> this wall, that dog, everybody. Sorry to interrupt, but Old Faithful is the name of it. Not Old uh, Yeller. Did I not say Old Faithful? You said so Old Yeller. I said Old Yeller. Um, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. And then that was all I could yeah. think about yeah. it. I kept thinking about it because uh, Babies and Butthead do America. Oh. Remember they went. When they got on the old people bus or whatever and they went there. <laughs> so so with this volcano eruption, with this volcano eruption, if you just so happen to survive, you withstand the chances of nuclear winter or uh, nuclear ash, which will kill you. In months, if not days, according to the Guardian, the UN estimates that the eruption could leave us within just about 74 days of food, regardless of your what do you call it the um, the hoarders. Yeah, like regardless so of even, how much food, even if you had stuff stockpiled, you have 74 yeah. days. Like the bunker people, you know. Yeah. So, like, doomsday preppers. Doomsday preppers. Doomsday preppers. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. So, like, even if you prepped. For fucking years, you have 74 days. Three months and four days. Or, no, that's not right. Uh, two months, ten days, and four days. I hate, I hate to go out on another <laughs> tangent, but I have watched Doomsday Preppers. Before. I love that show, though. Um, and there was an episode where there this guy... I don't know that show. He, uh, what, Doomsday Preppers? It's, it's basically oh a God. bunch of people that think the world's going to... Well, yeah, I, to exist, I and they're, they're prepping for that. But anyways, there was an episode a long time ago about this guy who made a castle on top of a mountain for his family to live in, hit all his kids and everything. Did he do um, it underground, though? No, that, it was okay. on top of this mountain. Okay. So, anyways, they made a spinoff show called Doomsday Castle, and that castle was like 10 miles from here, and now it's an Airbnb. But anyways, <laughs> continue about your, your super volcano. Sorry, okay, so the hotter the volcano gets... <laughs> the worse it's going to be. Like So like every year after the 10,000 year cycle, it's going to be worse. Yeah. So like you can imagine all of the ash that it'll pump out, which will block out the sun, which will kill all of our crops. Yeah. Which will like, and we're talking about Yellowstone, which is in Wyoming, which is like in the middle of like crop country. Mm -hmm. We're dead. In months, if not days. Yeah, because once all the crops die, also a lot of the livestock will die because they're not, they don't have anything to eat. Yeah, because we don't have a logical solution to a super volcano. Yeah. Like, we, like, me, you, her, we don't have a, we, we haven't developed a <clears throat> solution to a super volcano. We, we haven't, de we haven't developed a solution to a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Like all we ha all we know is to wear a mask, and that has not worked at all. So like here we are wearing masks for no reason, and we also have a super volcano to worry about at some point in time. But that's on the back burner of things to worry about because apparently ten ten thousand years isn't so long unless 
It's been 10,000 years. Right. So the, the solution to the plan, as far as NASA is concerned, is what we're going to do. All right. Hear me out. We're going to drill a hole into the earth. We're going to start pumping water into it. Cool it off. That's going to somehow Super Mario its way into that volcano to cool it off so it doesn't erupt. Does that make sense to you, or am I... I, I understand the concept, but where are we going to get all this water from without, at the same time... The Earth is 70% water. Where are we going to get all this water from without also heating our water to levels that are unacceptable? Well, you, we, we have to drill... We have to drill water into sides of the volcano where the magma reservoir is, like, being deposited. Like, that's, that's the trick. So, like, you have to systematically drill water? You drill a hole <laughs> and then inject water into it. Sure. But, and, like, I'm confused and I, at the same time trying to explain it to you? I, I want to think about this as simple as possible and be like a, a kiddie science experiment. If I go to my stove and I have one pot of water and I turn it on. That water's gonna get hot. So that would represent my magma. So then if I get another pot of water that is ice cold and slowly I scoop out the ice water and put it into the hot water, the water will get hot. But then if I scoop out the hot water and put it back into the ice water, well I'm no longer gonna have ice water because it's gonna heat that water. And so I think if we theoretically drill a hole in, into the, the earth and injected our water, which we have a lot of, 70% of the earth is water, as you said. If we injected our water, are we not gonna heat our water to levels that we couldn't accept anymore? Like, if the ocean rises by just a few degrees, it starts melting glaciers and, you know, things like Antarctica, which has adverse effects on global. What? Well, I I think that you're thinking about this, like, pumping way more water, like, like the majority of well, the But we're taking the water, water that we already have. Into the volcano and then try to pull it back out. And so well, essentially the water would have to recycle, right? Yeah, but it wouldn't be like all of the Earth's water. I'm, like, not, I'm not saying all of the Earth's water, but even just, a, you know, one third of it. Well, no, but we're, talk, we're talking about the end of Earth yeah. as we know it. Because, like, I've, I've, I've talked to um, people in other countries that are afraid of the volcanoes that we have in the United States. Like, there's volcanoes in China, there's volcanoes in Japan, there's volcanoes in Russia, yeah. there's volcanoes all around the world. But the most dangerous one is Mount or St. Helen yeah. in Yellowstone Park. That super volcano will end the earth if it erupts again. And we are due for that. We are we're actually yeah. overdue for I, that. I understand that point. What gets me is the water thing though. I like, don't I don't and not, like don't get me wrong, that's that's the conspiracy that I'm trying to present yeah. to the that, to the that's, court. That's where I have the most question because even a small fraction of the water Right now, we're at the point to where if our ocean water rises by 
five degrees over the course of the year, it's devastating to the planet. It just, it causes all sorts of bad things. So if we take a part of our water and pump it into something that we know is hot, obviously, <laughs> it's going to heat. It's fucking hot. It's going to cool down whatever we're pumping it into, but it's also going to heat the water at the same time until they kind of balance out. So would that hot water not cause bad things to happen? I think that scientifically, like, the the more fucked up thing about this is introducing cold onto hot and the changes that would happen in the earth that happened there. Yeah, because um, there would be such a rapid change. Yeah, and I think that that is more of an issue. I'm too drunk. I, I didn't think about that, but <laughs> it's like if yeah. you have a, a glass of hot water and you... You know, your glass is full of hot water and you dip it in cold water. Right. It's going to crack the glass because yes. the temperature change is so sudden. The That would be more concerning for me. Yeah. Just like, you know. Because you could think kind of as the okay. the surface of the earth would be your glass I, with, I, with your cool I water I hate to stop top. you mid-thought, mid but what do you do in, in a crisis standpoint? Conspiracy theory you know, mindset, what do you do to prepare for a world meltdown? Whereas well, something like the if sun's it, about to get blacked out. If it came to the super volcano where the sun's about to get blacked out, I would say... You can't grow anything. I feel like, you know, if we were faced with a super volcano or pumping cold water right. in, into the center of the earth... You'd Hope, have to take that, that shot, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm going for the super volcano. Oh, just let it in? Just let it... Because, I mean, how how far overdue did you say it was? Over. We're, we're overdue. Yeah. I mean, millions of... Close to that. Millions actually. of years overdue. Not millions, so, but... Not millions? We're, 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 we're super overdue, but not by, not by millions. I feel like... But it's, it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Because nobody knows exactly how old the Earth is. Yeah. We can only and, speculate. And stuff like that, you can't predict when it's going to happen. I feel like it, I'm going to live out my life, and if it happens in my lifetime... It's almost like the Pompeii thing. Yeah. You know, I, I actually want to know about that, and I will have to do like some research. How much notice do they have before a Days. Bomb? Like, days. Days. Yeah. As far as earthquakes, I don't think there's enough prediction time to not where they can... Not earthquakes, volcanoes. Well, yeah, not earthquakes. Volcanoes, I'm sorry, I'm drunk. <laughs> volcanoes, there's not okay. always enough prediction time. I don't know what the fuck a volcano alarm sounds like. Like, what, what well, is Well, it'll just well, be your typical alarm siren. Yeah, and I'm I feel just like wondering we're getting, about we're the monetary, too, like, you know... We're getting too far into be, my subject. Would there be... No, we're not. We're, now, we're dissecting the, we're dissecting the shit right. out of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm super fascinated. I'm in love. And... So... Yeah, I, I want to talk about super volcanoes forever. I mean, I'm guessing that there is some sort of monitoring that's happening. There is If it's I would a world... So. A potentially world-ending no. event. So I don't know what sets off... There... The, a super volcano? You there, don't know. There are it's multiple. almost like an earthquake. You well, just, no, but I don't know what... I don't know what would happen that would set people to say this shit's about to go off. 
Yeah. I saw some shit. That, this is going on. Yeah. This, like, shit's about to happen. Shit's out. going down right now. That's yeah. what. That's what I want to know. Like, I what, mean, what, what is I'm, that? I'm sure they. I'm sure they have a level yeah. to where they're like, hey, I'm we, sure there is. We I need, just to, have no we need to start paying attention. But do they have a level to where they would be like, we need to sound the alarm? Because I feel like where we need to start paying attention versus when it happens is a very small gap. So your first question is, who are they? Dang. Whatever the government agency is that monitors that shit. Dang. <laughs> I, I got Bill Gates. No, yeah, it's Bill Gates. It's Bill Mark, Gates. Microsoft. Microsoft for sure. Like I, I, I'm for I'm almost positive that the people that monitor the seismic USGS, which is the United States Geological Survey, is what that stands. I didn't look that up. I remember that from that movie with Pierce Brosnan where he's a volcano dude from USGS. But, <laughs> but when I did look it up, it just said USGS. I couldn't figure out what that anagram stood for, and then I remember Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I have no Fucking idea what movie you're talking about. James Bond. Oh. And then he was in that movie about the volcano Mount St. Helens. Do you like James Bond? He loves James Bond. Like, I, I, I love Pierce Brosnan, so like... I don't. He's terrible. <laughs> What, so what's happening? What's what's happening right now is I am so drunk that I started remembering facts from fucking movies that somehow are related to the topic that we're discussing. You know what else is fucked up? I just realized we haven't even done your heart. Oh yeah, we we can get to the rest of this weather conspiracy thing. Yeah. Um, I am so sorry, but like, no. I have to get up in like two hours. Oh work. shit! <laughs> to go to work. Oh, bless your heart. I didn't know you had to work. Yeah, I do. Thank you for coming. It was so, yeah. so nice. No, I'll be back. Like, we lived right, right here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I am going to go on through this whole topic that I got going on. Um, But go ahead and plug your podcast again, because I got to go. Okay, so oh, my, po my podcast is Blood and Firewater Podcast. We are on Twitter at BFW Pod Squad, Instagram at... Blood and Firewater Podcast. So, Rashad with Blood and Firewater had to leave before we finish this episode, but we still have another topic to go. And my topic for weather conspiracies is HARP, which stands for a High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. I'm not sure if it's still open. Or, yeah, it's still open. But it was primarily funded by the Air Force and the Navy um, and DARPA. It's located in Gakona. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Gakona, Alaska, which is a little northeast of Anchorage. In the year 2000, based on the 2000 census, the population was 215. And as of 2010 census population, it only rose by three people to 218 according to the census um so even with a, a pretty low population and this place being really remote and out in the middle of nowhere the facility is completely fenced in with barbed wire fence all around it and everything they're kind of secretive about their facility but all of their research is unclassified so you you can go online and find their research and once a year they do open house tours 
So, anytime anybody's ever asked the government about what do, what do they do at Harp and stuff like that, the answer has always been, we'll just go out there and go to the open house. Because they know people aren't going to do that. This place out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. Um, it was founded in the 90s and developed as a facility that studies the ionosphere and specifically how the ionosphere can be used in long, di long distance radio communication. They also study the light uh, lightning and the northern lights and they claim that they have figured out how to reproduce both of those on a small scale. So they can reproduce lightning strikes and the northern lights on a small scale. So basically what it is is an array of antenna all laid out, you know, perfectly spaced apart in a geometric pattern. It's a big square or a big rectangle, however. They focus radio beams at the ionosphere and bounce them back down to earth and they study the effects that these radio beams have on the ionosphere. A lot of people think that they use these these beams that they focus at the ionosphere for, for bad things. Controlling weather and causing natural disasters and things like that. Um, but they're, they say their primary research is shortwave radio and how they can also use it with GPS. So a lot of the theories are that they can focus their beams at the ionosphere and push it outwards and kind of like a, a water balloon if you push on it and then take your finger away it goes back to its normal shape. So people think they can focus their beams at the ionosphere and then turn it off and it wouldn't have some sort of elasticity to it and bounce back to its original shape which would then push a lot of energy back down towards earth so people think they can aim their their beams at different parts of the ionosphere and then cause the energy to come back at directed targets on earth um, a lot of people think that they cause earthquakes by pointing their or aiming their beams at fault lines and the tectonic plates and things like that and a lot of people think that they caused the 8.9 magnitude earthquake in Japan in 2011 which led to the Fukushima nuclear meltdown which is where they essentially had a tsunami wave caused by an earthquake that hit Japan and one of their nuclear reactors melted down because of loss of power. It got too hot or something like that. Major disaster in Japan. I'm not sure how many people it killed, but it was just devastating. Both the tsunami wave and the meltdown of their nuclear reactor. Um, a lot of people also blame HARP for earthquake in Haiti in 2010 and say that they caused that because they were like practicing or experimenting to see if they could cause earthquakes and they decided Haiti was a, a good target or whatever. Um, a lot of people also claim that the government can use HARP to cause hurricanes specifically in 2005 when we had Hurricane Katrina, Rita, and Wilma all back to back like each one of those were within a month of each other. I think it was like August, September, October 
I, I believe those hurricanes hit. And those are in the top ten list of most devastating hurricanes ever. Especially for the United States. Um, and a lot of people believe they caused those hurricanes because in that same year, the government raised their budget to $49.3 million. Some, some people also believe they can do like mind control by focusing their beams at individuals and somehow the, the radio waves will alter the way people think and, and control whatever actions they may have. As far as earthquakes, I can see that being a thing because radio waves can cause vibration. When you speak, it vibrates glass around you because the molecules in the air bump into each other and that's actually how you hear speech. But if you can do that through radio waves and you don't hear the waves themselves, but whatever information they may transmit, you would hear that if you had the proper equipment to decode it. So if they're just pointing radio waves at the atmosphere and then bouncing them down, they would cause, cause vibrations wherever they landed at. It's just a matter of are those vibrations strong enough to cause an earthquake or would those vibrations be strong enough to cause a hurricane or anything like that but in 2014 or 15 the air force said they were just going to shut down the program because they needed a lot of renovations and it was going to cost a lot of money and nobody really wanted to pay the money for the renovations but the university of alaska anchorage actually um, they were also some of the people that funded it, mm -hmm. but they actually bought the program outright. They own the facility and a lot of other countries have expressed interest in using a facility for their own research as well. So the theory is basically that the government's running this secret laboratory out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska yeah. where nobody's going to go and they're using it to control weather or natural disasters, things like that. Well, it sounds to me like the government isn't controlling it anymore. Um, if the university is controlling it, that's why everything is open and public and publishable. Um, like, like you said, like you know, the the research is out there. Yeah, it's not classified research. Right. Um, the Japan thing it. Are they saying that that was an intentional hit or that it was an accident? Like, are they saying the heart intentionally attacked Japan? I don't, I don't know. Um, the research I did didn't specify whether they did it uh, intentionally, but like, it, with, apparently with, Haiti was intentional. Well, with, <laughs> with the Haiti thing, people think like that was uh, their practice run. Yeah. So maybe Which is so shitty, but <laughs> maybe Japan was another practice run. I don't know. The research I did didn't specify yeah. whether like well, I, I, I I was just wondering, and you know, like the the targets they're talking about having us hit when it's under the government run. You know, Japan. Japan's our friend now. You know, and yeah, like was frankly our bitch. You know, so like we're not gonna attack. Japan. We're also not going to attack ourselves with J Katrina. Well, you know. J Japan is an ally to the United States now, uh. but 
they have, you know, as we all know, done terrible things to the United States in the past. But we spanked them, and then they've behaved themselves since then. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah. But if you could attack them in such a way that they wouldn't know that you did it. I don't know that we even want to anymore, though. I'm sure there's some shady motherfucker in the government that's just like, hey, y'all check this shit out. Like, like, I like, really don't know if those feelings are even still there. Like, I feel like those, that shit is so far done, and we've come together mm, so much. Like, I really do uh, feel like Japan is our friend now. I mean, Japan is our friend now, but... And if we're gonna, like, experiment and try to hit somebody, I mean, why the fuck would it be Japan? I mean... Because Japan is out in the open, unprotected, from the elements. Uh you know they're out in the out in the ocean, and I'm not sure how close the fault lines are to them, but I know that it's an issue with them, Japan and China as well. Um, it's an issue with tsunamis and and things of that nature there. So if we were just practicing some new technology to see if we could cause a tsunami, who else are you gonna pick? How many other countries are directly beside? A fault line also have tsunamis. Well, if I'm just practicing to see if I can create one, I'm gonna try to not hit any country. I'm gonna try to position that shit as far out away from everybody as I can, unless but, I am actually targeting somebody. That's what I'm saying. But thing, things like that, like tsunamis and things. I don't know if you remember. Um, so it's been some years ago now. There was an earthquake in China. And it caused waves on the beach of California. You know, it was a huge earthquake. It caused a, a giant tsunami in China. Ruined a bunch of stuff. But California saw waves from that. So even if you were practicing in the middle of the ocean, mm-hmm. somebody's going to feel it. Somebody's yeah. going to get the effects of it. So why not just go full scale and boom, here you go. Because they're not going to know that we did it anyways. And, I don't buy it. And why not allow your beam to pass through water, as in the ocean. I don't really buy it either, but I can see where the conspiracy theory has, you know, no pun intended, where it holds water. I I can see, you know, don't think about allies or anything like that. Well, I can see where, you know, hey, here we go, let's turn it on and see what happens. And Japan just happened to be an unlucky target. And as far as, like, hurricanes and stuff like that, there's not a lot of scientific data that shows that this technology can cause hurricanes. But, if it could, the government is always about controlling the people. That's the thing. Whether we want to admit it or not, the government always wants to control the people. I don't care what government you're looking at, worldwide, any country, the government wants control over the people. Mm -hmm. So, if you could cause a natural disaster on your own people and take away things that they rely on and then at the same time become a sole provider of those things, well, they're going to lean on you for the things they need to survive. Think about, you know, when Katrina hit and it caused a lot of devastation in Louisiana and all that, people looked on agencies like FEMA to show up and give them food and shelter. What is FEMA? It's a government agency. These people relied on the government to provide them food and shelter 
and keep them alive. These people were dependent solely on the government. It's not like they were going to work because the place they work at just got destroyed. Right, yeah. It's not like they could pay their own way. They're trapped and isolated in this area. They rely on the government. Now, if the government came in and said, well, we gave you all these handouts, now we need you to do, you know, whatever it may be, most likely they're going to do it. Yeah. Because if they don't, the government's just going to, all right, well, you're cut off now. Fend for yourself. Good luck, you know, buying food when you can't go to work to make money. Good luck going to stay at, you know, Nanny's house where she can take care of you when you're trapped in your city. You can't get out. You're stuck. The government is reaching out a helping hand. They're scratching your back. Are you not going to scratch theirs? I don't think the technology is there to where they could have caused hurricanes. But if they did, that's a good explanation for why they would. And not only would it be like they were specifically targeting, you know, their own people because they want to control them or anything like that. But what if the conditions were just right to where they wanted to practice run to see if they could make a hurricane? And the atmospheric conditions and ocean conditions were just perfect right in that one spot to where they could practice it. For scientific research, first you want to find out if you can do it. And then if you know you can do it in a controlled environment, then you would know that it's possible to be done, right? So then you would go about ways of how I can do it outside of my laboratory in an uncontrolled environment. I know it's possible, but now I just have to make it possible over here. So what if they were practicing to see if it was even possible at first and, you know, conditions just lined up right to where it was a perfect controlled environment and they did it and they figured out, hey, it is possible, we can do it. So now we can use it as a weapon against our enemies. You know what's so amusing about this to me is that the only way any of that shit would have been possible is for it to be under the control of the government. Like, now, as it is not under the control of the government, as it is university-run and publicly funded and all of that, all of those options would be off the table now because, you know, everything is transparent and there are ethics boards and all of, all of that. So Apparently, though, it was always university-run. The government just supplied the money. So then it was always transparent and there were always ethics boards. And yeah, then I don't see any of this happening. Well, governments have been known to be shady. Well, that, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So even yeah. if the university is running it and the government is supplying, say, 85 to 90% of their money, if somebody wanted to use this technology for some nefarious reason, do you think they could come in and be like, all right, well, now we're going to do this one off the books? Do you think the university would do it off the books? Because if they don't, all their money's gone? If the government showed up one day like, we, we've been paying your bills all these years, let's do some shit under the table off the uh -huh. books and not tell anybody, do you really think they're going to say no? I mean, I guess it depends on who they're talking to. Because, I mean, this is something that people go to jail for. So, like, you know, 
the person mm-hmm. at the university has to think, you know, how if, likely am I going to get caught, for one thing. If you're doing Is a, this so important to me and my career and the university that I'm willing to go to fucking jail for if this? If you're doing a deal backdoor with the federal government, uh, do you really think jail is your main priority? Because I'm sure they're going to take care of that, you know. Yeah. And just until they can't, you know, like until the press gets winds up, wind of it, and then it's like, you know. But this place is all out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Nobody knows shit. Nobody goes out here. Nobody knows shit about it. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely. Because think about it. If, not saying, if, you know, that it if, couldn't happen. I feel like if, if I were a scientist and I worked in this facility and the government was paying my bills all these years, funding my research, and they showed up one day and they were like, all right, now you're going to do something for us. We're going to do some fucking backdoor weather experiments with your technology. I would absolutely say, yeah. Y'all been paying my bills all this time. You see, and, for, for me, if they showed up, you know, and this absolutely is not my field, and, you know, so this would never, ever happen to me, but, uh, and they were like, we're about to hit fucking Japan with this massive-ass motherfucking earthquake, I'd be like, no. No, we're not going to fucking do that. No. Or anybody. Not just Japan. I mean, any fucking... No, we're not well, going to fucking do that. I'm not entirely sure the people that run the facility would be in on that whole part of it. But say the government was paying these people to develop this technology and create this facility and do all the research, collect all the data. And then they showed up one day and they're like, we've been paying all your bills all this long time. We've been funding your research. Now you're going to show us how to run this thing and you're going to turn around. You're not going to look at what I'm about to do. And we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. I feel like those people would be like, okay, you know. It couldn't have been anything like that. There would be a whistleblower if it was like that. Like There would have to be. Because I kind of feel like I would be one at that point. Like, and, you know, I'm not a fucking snitch, but if I'm working in a facility, working on, you know, things like this, and they're like, turn your fucking back, and then Japan gets hit with a massive fucking earthquake that I think we but, could have caused. Well, another, another thing to think about as well is what if all the people that work there actually just work for the government? And, you know, say this was a... So they were sketched to begin with? Or? Say, say this was a university facility, but all the employees worked for the government. Yeah. And they just gave their research to the university and let scientists at the university study it and stuff like that. If they did something really shady, they would just omit that part of the research when they handed it over. So that's a very real possibility there. I don't, I mean, I still don't think they caused hurricanes, but I could see why they would research ways to cause hurricanes. Weather manipulation has been used in warfare for a long time, and it was actually such a big deal that it became an issue for the Geneva Convention. And, you know, every country signed whatever treaty saying that they will no longer manipulate the weather for warfare. And, and I think they got really weird about it with the Geneva Convention to where they specified 
that you couldn't manipulate the weather to where it caused permanent damage or something like that. But it was kind of like a gray area. Yeah. You could argue, well, it wasn't a permanent thing. It was a one-time storm. We hit them once and it, it was over with. But the lasting effect of that, nobody really knows. I mean, I personally think harm could be used for earthquakes. Not so much hurricanes. What about you? No, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't really see us as being there. And I don't know that that would even be a desirable effect. Like, what, I don't, I don't what, know. Earth, earthquakes? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that that would even be something that anybody would ever, I mean, I get where some people would, would, would think that would be a good idea. I mean, I just think it's more extreme than most people and most governments would be, I would like to think. Um, mm, I, I do not think that because governments are notoriously shady as fuck. Well, yeah. Governments don't give a fuck about nobody except themselves. And half the time they don't even give a fuck about that. I think that's all I have for heart. Take it.